Hello and welcome to Keep It Keens, the podcast that's going to take you on the wild ride that is your crazy 20s. I'm your host, Kina, and I'm just a 20-something woman trying to navigate it like you are. I'm here to talk about career advice, navigating social scenarios, finding your friendship group, finding your purpose, you name it, whatever affects us in our 20s, I think we should talk about. And the reason for that is because I think we're so much more than an avocado toast loving, social media crazed, looks caring, that's a word, generation. I think we are a generation desperately trying to find purpose and meaning in a fast world, fast paced world, which we don't always know how to navigate. So in my first episode, I really wanted to talk about the quarter life crisis, because what better way to talk about your 20s than the defining quarter life crisis? Now, I hear you, some of you might not have heard of this word, so you might be asking, what are you talking about, Kina? If we are defining it via ChatGPT, it is a period of uncertainty and self-doubt typically experienced by individuals in their mid-20s to early 30s, categorized by questioning your life choices, career direction, and overall life purpose. Or if you want a shortened summary of that from Forbes, it's a period of intense soul-searching and stress. Now, that may sound extremely heavy to you. And I can, I can almost hear you questioning me and saying, well, Kina, is this just some word you made up? And the answer is really no, because a LinkedIn study in 2016 found that 75% of 25 to 33-year-olds have experienced a crisis related to career or life choices. This word, what life crisis, is just a, a phrase because, you know, us Gen Zers, we love to create phrases for things to describe that. And I think that statistic is insane. 75% of 25 to 33-year-olds, that's a massive majority. And given that the study was taken in 2016, we can only imagine that after the pandemic, this number has continued to go up. And I think it's really important to talk about because I feel like there are a lot of people out there who experience some of the feelings and symptoms and and just general thoughts that I would describe and don't have a way to kind of point out what that actually means. And so my hope is that through me talking about my experience and more about how I try to get myself out of the rut that I found myself in, it will also help you to get out of that rut and also help you and find the strength to reach out to a mentor, to a therapist, just to have a conversation about how you're feeling. Because it's valid and it happens and there's so many of us that go through it. So let's take a deep dive into quarter life crisis. What does it feel like? I think this is a really hard question to answer because for everyone it might feel a little bit different. Personally, I felt completely debilitated, like the lowest point I've ever felt in my life. Getting out of bed was hard, doing everyday tasks was hard, going to work, I just wasn't there, I wasn't able to concentrate or perform. I was in social settings with my friends trying to get me out of the house, but I just wasn't present. 
and some other symptoms or feelings that you know people online have shared with me or I found through some research is you feel like you're wasting time activities are meaningless you don't have a sense of purpose you have zero motivation to do anything you're languishing what a great word that is it just means you you feel like you're stuck that you're just going through the motions and not really going forward you seemed fatigued or stressed and actually this is an interesting one i found a study published in the journal emerging adulthood in 2019 showed that young adults experiencing a quarter life crisis are more likely to report symptoms of anxiety and depression i'm well aware there's a there are a multitude of reasons to have mental health issues and I just hope you're not going to use this as a diagnostic measure to tell to for for like diagnosing what you have but I think if any of these symptoms are resonating with you I hope you can see that you're not alone that it's super valid for you to feel this way because another massive issue with this quarter life crisis is we feel very alone when we're going through it and a study that was published in the Harvard Business Review reported one of the major problems is that people who find themselves in this situation often feel that they have no reason to be struggling because this decade of your life is supposed to be fun and relatively easy, right? You're told by adults, like, your 20s are the best years of your life. Like, make the most of them. How many times have you heard that? Or... You should be out partying, not caring about your future, not caring about work and all of this. Those are just very, very bold statements <laughs> to be made. And it doesn't help because if, like me, at 20-something, you were in your bed by 9 p.m. watching Jane the Virgin and like crying your eyes out, somebody telling you that you should be partying until 6 a.m. isn't necessarily helping you go party at 6 a.m., so I think that brushing it off as, you know, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I need to be grateful. It's not a long-term solution because if you don't deal with how you're feeling, it's just going to come back at you. And it's super valid to feel the way you're feeling. Don't let anyone invalidate the experience you're going through because the truth is, this phenomenon of the quarter life crisis it's been around for generations it's just because we've coined it as this phrase quarter life crisis that it seems new but really for generations people in their 20s have always felt this way because if you think about it you're a baby adult and i think because of the introduction of social media in our lives it just perpetuates the problem because we can see it every moment on our phones we log on to instagram click on someone's story and they're in like Marbella having the time of their life or they're in Ibiza listening to some DJ um and we're like oh we're just stuck here like sitting on our bedroom and the reality is that's one percent of their life though do you and me post like making a coffee or like doing our laundry on social media no we don't and sometimes I think we forget that what people post on social media is what they want people to see. It's really only the 0.01% of their life. And there's also this idea that like we need to have it all figured out. You know, you hear stories of 20-something-year-olds like starting a business right after uni and making it big. 
and you have this Forbes 30 under 30 and you're like, wow, all these people are doing some great things and I'm just here. But who said we have to have it all figured out? Because I really had to ask myself that. Like, who told me by 20 something, I'm 25 now, by 25, I need to have my career on lock. I need to have found a partner. I need to have all of these things. It's just societal constructs that we feel like we need to live up to. So I certainly don't have it figured out and I'm 25. So I think I'm slowly accepting that it's really okay to not um, have it all figured out. And I've kind of alluded to it, but I think I went through my quarter life crisis earlier this year in January. And this is also kind of a factor as to why I wanted to talk about it. But what happened was I was living my so-called dream life. I was living in London, had a pretty good job, had lovely friends around me, and somehow I still felt really alone. And I only really realized this when suddenly I wasn't in the perfect relationship. And it kind of shook me to my core. I kind of had to look around at my life and be like, am I really happy where I am? Physically where I am, career-wise where I am, socially where I am. And the answer was no, I wasn't. I wasn't happy living this life that I dreamed of living when I was 16 because I was 25 now and things that mattered to me at 16 didn't really matter to me at 25. At 16, I was obsessed with this idea of like moving out of my parents' house, having freedom, living in a big city. And at 25, I was like, hold on, this is really lonely. Is living away from my family more important to me than my freedom? Like, is my freedom more important to me than living away from my family? And I just really felt like I was stagnating. And I did that thing, you know, which all of us do. We sit on our social media and we look at where our friends are. And I was like, oh, my friends are going on amazing holidays with their group of friends. And some are getting engaged, some are getting married, some are getting promoted. And I just felt like I wasn't growing. I was just stagnating and stuck in this cycle, repeating the same thing every day again and again. And to be honest with you, my parents were extremely supportive because I really felt like I could be honest about how I, fe- how I felt with them. And I remember my mom used to call me every day, every day without fail at lunchtime, just to make sure I was eating, to make sure, you know, she made me laugh, um, to make sure I was getting outside for a walk and just looking after myself because I was really crap at it at that point. And I had this conversation with my dad on FaceTime, like we talked for an hour and I was just crying the whole time I was crying. And he was just like, Kina, just come home, just come home, you know, explain to your manager that you really need some time to spend with your family. Like you're not feeling like yourself and you're really going through it. And I was super lucky. My manager was very sweet to me. She said, you know, go home. Um, I'll give you some days off. And that was the best thing that I could have done for me. I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, but coming home really centered me. It really brought me back to my roots and being around people that loved me and cared for me without, you know, a reason. There, there was, there's no, there's no... Uh, what is it called? There's no like pressure for them to love me. There's no, that it's unconditional. That's the word I was looking for, unconditional. 
And it really gave me the chance to figure out who I was, who I was without my job, who I was without living this life of freedom. And what do I actually enjoy doing? You know, I spent so much time outside. Massive benefit of living on the equator is the weather is pretty good all year round. So I found myself sitting in the garden, starting to read again, starting to paint, starting to journal, and really building myself back up to like what I wanted. And I think that's the crux of trying to get out of this rut you'll find yourself in when you're going through this crisis. It's like, how do I change? Well, there's this really beautiful quote, which is, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I think that's amazing because you can't expect to feel better or to heal, whatever you want to call it, unless something about your daily routine or what you're doing changes. So whether that's you used to love reading and you can't find the time in your day to read, you don't have to read five chapters a day. Just start by reading five pages and slowly build that out. But see how much better that makes you feel because you're doing something for yourself. Or maybe there's a hobby that you used to do as a kid that you no longer do. Maybe it's playing a team sport. Maybe it's spending time outside like mine was. You could go to the park or incorporate a walk instead of, I don't know, taking a car You can or taking a bicycle. You can try and get a walk if you don't have any hobbies, which actually, to be honest, I really felt like I had no hobbies. <laughs> um, find them or try new ones. Maybe your task is every month I'm going to try something new. Maybe if you want to start kickboxing, try kickboxing. Who knows? Maybe you can meet your future love of your life in the kickboxing class or even just a friend that can make you feel more aligned and give you more of a purpose. Maybe speaking to someone will help you. Look, I get it. Therapy is a very hard thing to sometimes go and do. And you don't have to if you don't feel 100% comfortable doing it. You can just talk to someone that you trust. That might be a family member or a friend or a mentor, a cousin, just someone who will really listen to you. Because I think you need to remind people that sometimes you're in vent mode. You don't want solutions. <laughs> I recently learned that. And Another thing that really helped me was, was journaling. So if you don't necessarily want to talk to someone, maybe writing out how you feel will help you. And I think journaling can seem very prescriptive, but really it's not. It's really about how am I feeling? What am I feeling? How can I describe it? And if you're able to describe it, I think you're better off trying to solve it. For me, books helped as well. So there's this book called Ikigai. Now, I can't remember the author's name, unfortunately, but you'll find it. It's a blue cover. Beautiful. It's um, Ikigai is like the Japanese uh, belief of finding your purpose. And it was a life changing book for me because I realized that your purpose doesn't always have to be your career. And to be honest, this is probably an episode that I'm really going to dive into because I love that book. But that really helped me. Um, another book that really helped me was When You're Ready, This Is How You Heal by Brian West. I just felt like it was a warm hug. You know, it perfectly described some things that I was feeling and it changed my mindset, you know, from really having a negative outlook to, to finding the silver linings and everything. And I think that's a book that I still go back to till today. Um, podcasts helped me too. There's this amazing, incredible podcast that genuinely transformed my life. 
um it was in my like top I was in the top one percent or whatever of um listeners on Spotify which I was very proud about it's called The Psychology of Your 20s by Gemma I think her surname is Spurg I might be wrong but The Psychology of Your 20s it's incredible again it felt like a warm hug it felt like she was describing how I was feeling and I felt less alone Another one that I really listened to a lot was The Diary of the CEO. And now that might seem counterintuitive because am I not making myself worse by looking at all these successful stories? But I think the reason why The Diary of the CEO helped me was there were unconventional stories of success. And I think changing your mindset on how you define success is super important during this time. And I think all in all, how I really kind of came out of the crisis, and just let me bear in mind, I still don't have it figured out. I just feel better about where I am, is just that, feeling better about where you are and, you know, trying to find the positive spin of things. Because I don't think quarter-life crises are inherently a bad thing. I think they are an incredible opportunity to make a change, you know, I think my quarter life crisis made me commit to something. It made me commit to action. Instead of me complaining about where I was, I moved halfway across the world back home because, again, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I think it's a period of um, immense self discovery. You really get to look at your life and be like, okay, what do I want? What makes me happy? And I think you should see that as a blessing. Not everyone has this opportunity to really like look and change their lives at this point. You know, some people just will continue on a trajectory and realize much later. So be grateful that you've realized that something's not making you happy and you want to change it. Because guess what? You will be happier if you change it. And the other thing is just gratitude. I think one thing I've really learned this year is if you are, the more grateful you are to the things that you do have, the more you'll find that good things will happen. And I know that's a philosophical way to look at it, but really there's so much to be grateful for if you just look for it, you know, and that's just in the simple things. It's in the smell of your morning coffee. It's in the leaves swaying in the breeze. It's in spending time with your loved ones. It's in that one friend who makes your laugh, you laugh till your belly hurts. It's just finding the joy in the little things, I think is the secret to life. But you know, I might be wrong. I'm only 20 something and just really trying to figure it out. But the main takeaways I want to kind of reiterate here are, you know, the quarter life crisis is a thing. It happens to so many more of us than you can imagine. And you're not alone in where you're feeling. You will get through it that's for certain. And I think we should start looking at it as an opportunity to grow, to realign, to really think about happiness and fulfillment in a different way. And I hope that this episode has been helpful. Uh, I hope if you have a friend who you think that needs to listen to it, you'll send it along to them. And I'm very excited to continue making podcasts and talking about exciting topics. So please follow me on at Keep It Keens on Instagram and at The Good You Kenyan on TikTok for all the updates. And if you have any suggestions, you want to have someone to talk to about your quarter life crisis, please feel free to drop me a message. 
It's been so lovely. Um, stay beautiful, stay positive, sending love.